Welcome to Hillhurst United Church, the podcast. We're really glad you're here. Whoever you are, wherever you're at, join us on the journey. So I don't know about you, but lately I've been hearing and sensing a little bit of hope about things turning as, uh, as we're getting closer to the end, quote unquote, of the pandemic. And there's been uh, people sending uh, funny clips about what it might look like. And I saw this one that came out about extra gum and uh, the call, how the shift's going to happen when we are actually set free. It's quite fun. I hope you appreciate the humor in this as we imagine what it was like to have a big beard and suddenly enter into the streets and reconnect with friends and family and others. Have a look at this great commercial. Folks, this is WGUM, your stay-at-home radio station, with better music and more of it. News and weather is on the way. And this just in, we are back. We can see people again. How about that? I can't believe it. News is on the way. We'll learn more in just a moment. <laughs> I can't believe it. There were nights when the wind was so cold. But you froze in bed and consciousness into it right outside the window. So as we come to the sermon time, if we were in the sanctuary, I would uh, pose a question and invite you to talk to people around you. And here's the question I would pose as we come. I would say, who's one of your best friends and why? And just invite you to that kind of conversation, to think about somebody who you would call a very good friend and what qualities do they have that make that friendship important? We would get the uh, pianist to play some music while you talk to each other. And I'd love to overhear some of those conversations. Who have been some of your better friends and what qualities 
do they have? Let us pray. Spirit, as we gather in this warm summer day, we give thanks for friendship, for friends we had when we were kids or teenagers or adults or older adults, old friends and new friends, people who have enriched our journey. In this time of pandemic, as we consider friends, we give thanks this day. Amen. So I'd love to have heard what you had to say about who those friends are and what qualities they have. When I think about the pandemic, we're all aware as we edge, hopefully, toward the closure. However long that may take, there's a sense of hope these days about things changing, about people being vaccinated, about things opening up, about a sense of hope and anticipation of a new beginning. But we're also aware that during this uh, 18-month pandemic, there's been lots of loss. Some people, several in our community this past week have had a beloved uh, family member or friend die. There's been loss. Some have shared news that they lost their work in their small business or large corporation. Some have talked about the family stress that's pulled them apart in division around their understanding of the pandemic and the response to the pandemic. We've heard also of marital relationships that have been deeply challenged during this time. There has been a lot of loss and challenge and stretching and pushing and pulling during the pandemic. But I wasn't aware until I read an article on June 19th in the Globe and Mail about another kind of loss that perhaps you experienced in your life or in mine. That is the loss of friendship. There's an article called, The Pandemic Has Tested Our Friendships which ones will survive? It's an article by Lydia Denworth in her recent book on friendship, on the science of friendship. The book is called Friendship, the Evolution, Biology, and Extraordinary Power of Life's Fundamental Bond. She's been studying friendships for over 40 years. And this book, though it came out just prior to the pandemic, speaks about the science of friendship. She talks about how friendship is good for our health. Well, you might say, well, of course, I knew that. But she goes on to explain that it actually helps our cardiovascular system. It, it actually helps us to be healthier. She says it helps uh, those who, who are in relationship to feel better about themselves, body, mind, and indeed, spirit. She also is aware that those who are lonely or connect, disconnected or cut off have an increased sense of dementia and depression. The science of friendship is what she's writing about in this book. And she looks at animals and says in the animal kingdom, the, the community that has the greatest friendships live the longest. Looking at baboons, they have the longest longevity. Why? Because they take care of each other. They hunt for each other. They protect each other. In fact, you've probably even seen them helping do their hair care of each other. Bamboos, bamboons uh, have a longevity because they take care of each other, and friendship is what bonds them. In this article, uh, Lydia talks about two kinds of friendship. She says that we all have what we would call an inner circle. That might be the people that you've been locked in with during the pandemic. Those are our inner circle, our family, our few friends in our cohort, or those we connect with on Zoom, our inner circle. We all have a handful, a few of those folks who are our inner circle. 
And then she talks about an outer circle. Those are the people that we bump into, uh, perhaps at the gym or at a coffee shop or at church. And those people are important in our life too. So many people have said to me, I miss, and then they draw a blank. They can't remember the name, yet they've shared conversations. Maybe it's here at church. When we gather in a conversation, like I tried to have you do at the beginning of this sermon, you know, in the church, the outer circle, they're not necessarily our cohort, but the outer circle of friends are those we share stories with, uh, share our understanding of our faith, share what the events of our week. We may never know their name, but we've shared an intimate kind of detail about our life. And that outer circle of friends, we'll call them church friends, is an important part of being a community. They may not be our inner circle, but they're a circle that builds bonds, that helps us think differently, that challenges our diversity, helps us understand the world differently, just by sharing something in common and being in, perhaps in small communities. And so what she's saying is that this pandemic has stretched us because we have our inner circle, but many of us have lost some of the casual relationships and we need to reconnect those casual relationships. And we look forward to it, in fact. During the pandemic, especially at the beginning, do you remember when you had the, the bold signs that said, we're all in this together? Well, now they're faded and torn and they're falling out of the windows. There's a feeling like we're, we're through it or, or we're all in this together until we're not, some might say, or some are just aware that we're getting toward the end. But at the beginning, if you can rewind, I remember Suddenly, the beginning of April 2020, uh, connecting with university friends, I hadn't talked to some of them in 40 years, and here we were in a Zoom call. Uh, I lived in a house of eight people, and there we were, the eight of us, in 1981. Now we were, in 2020, reconnecting over Zoom. There was something good about reconnecting with old friends during that time. Or some people told me they set up dinner or or um, a, a pre-supper pre drink with friends on Zoom, and there was that sense of reconnecting with people. We were pretty good at the beginning about reconnecting. But what she's saying in this article is that as we come toward the end of the pandemic, cross our fingers, there's a chance to reset our friendships. She defines friendships this way, and hopefully it'll appear on the screen, but but the, the first attribute is stability. Friendships have stability. That is, people who are our friends have been with us in the highs of life and the lows of life. They know that it goes like this in waves and they're stable with us through the highs and the lows. They check in with us. They know that things aren't always great and we're able to tell when things aren't always going well. There's highs and lows, there's stability for those we call good friends. The second is a sense of positivity. Isn't that right? People who are our friends are positive. They, 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 they offer us uh, advice. They offer us encouragement. They got their cheerleader pom-poms for us when we're about to do something. And they're very hopeful and see the best side of us. Our friends are often positive people and influential in our life. And the third is they're cooperative. That is, there's a give and a take in a good friendship. I give and I help. You give and help. So it's the sense of stability, positivity, and cooperation that we make a deeper friendship. 
She says, the end of the pandemic is the perfect time to acknowledge that our friend muscles have atrophied. They're slack. And now is the time to tighten up and do our muscle work with our friendships. I think this is so true. If you think back to the pandemic, there have been people that you've become closer to, people that you may have forgotten about, people who you thought were with you suddenly weren't. And that's the reality of friendship. Sometimes they're strong and sometimes they are weak. Some are just passing and some are lasting. In this article, she invites us to pay attention to our friendships, to do what I would call an inventory of our friendships, to think about our life and consider who have been our inner circle, who are our outer circle, who have provided stability, positivity, and cooperation in our lives. This week, I got a funny card in the mail. It was from a friend, a guy I played tennis with. His dad died early in March this year, and he sent me a note that I got just this week There was a note written by hand saying thank you. He said, thank you for being with me on the morning of my dad's death. Your phone call to me, your support, your advice was invaluable, and I appreciate our friendship. Thank you very much. I thought to myself, here it is, 2021. It wasn't a text or an email. It was a little hard to read, but it was a handwritten note saying that a phone call that I had had with him that day in March mattered, and it stuck. And indeed, I was with him both in the fun times of sports, but also to be with him in a difficult time like death. Good friends are like that. They're with us in the highs and the low, and they acknowledge that friendship. It made me think about, I'm going to take some time and write some of the people who've been important to me during the pandemic, or even grander in my whole life. There's a podcast that will give you an invitation to hear that Brian uh, Pearson is doing on the Mystic Cave. And I just really rode my bike over to his house and went into his basement and he started firing questions at me. He sent me the podcast and I listened to it. And as I listened to myself reflect to him, I realized something about the importance of the journey that we all have, the highs and lows, and those who have been with us in the highs and lows, our friends. I realized as I talked about what I'll call the four Ds, death, I talked about what it was like to be a 21-year-old and have a 27-year-old brother die unexpectedly, and how important my friends were from university at that time, how supportive they were. I remember being in a, a downtown restaurant the day of my brother's funeral at nighttime After he had been celebrated, we gathered to share stories, to to have drinks together. And I remember having a toast at the end of the evening, and it was simply to this, to life. But the whole evening was a chance to celebrate and draw strength one to the other. My friends were part of that death that shifted my whole theological way of thinking about the world and God's place in our world through joys and sorrows. So the death was one. The next D was divorce. Anybody who's gone through the challenge of a breakup of a marriage knows that there are friends who show up for you, who don't try to fix it, but say, I'm with you through this, that matter. They offer advice. 
Sometimes they remain silent. Sometimes they're the ones that say, I was at your wedding and I promised to support you. And I'm here now to say I support you now, no matter what happens. When I thought about that in my divorce 20 years ago, there were friends who stuck with me through that low point, reminding me that I would make it through. The next D that I thought as I shared my conversation with Brian was drugs. You all know that a number of years ago, as I was getting a hip replaced over a long period of time on opiates, I, my body became addicted to it, and it was a horrific time, the withdrawal of coming off it. But how important during that illness, the, the people that stopped over, the people that sent a card, the people that texted, the people that reminded me and said, you can do it, you'll make it. How important that was for me to have encouragement and positivity and cheering me on through a very difficult time. And the fourth D was darkness. The fourth D, darkness, is the pandemic. Who have been the people that have been supportive to me through the pandemic have, have been people like Anne and, and Kirk and Clayton and Michael and others who I could name, David, people who, who played with me, who laughed with me, who cried with me, who, when we were at our deepest grief, held each other, people who reminded us, we'll get through this. Those are your friends that remind you that it's not always cheery, but we will make it through. We will make it. And through the darkness, as we explored Barbara Brown Taylor's book, Learning to Walk in the Dark, a book club became a place that was so important in my ministry. A, a group of people coming to say, we know what it's like to be in the dark. We know what it's like to not know where you're going. And that vulnerability and that honesty about what it's like to live our lives when it feels like we're in a fog and in the dark. Those are our friends. So you see, as I did my little inventory, and I invite you to do yours, the, the death, the divorce, uh, the drugs and the darkness, these were times when I felt lost and alone. And friends were the ones who provided the stability, the positivity, and those who would offer a give and take sharing in friendship. So what does all this have to say about theology and friendship? Well, there's a line in Jesus, uh, uh, from Jesus in John's Gospel in chapter 15. It's before he dies. He says to his friends, I no longer call you servants, but friends. No greater love have a person than to lay down their life for their friends. Well, that's pretty extreme to say they'll lay down their life, but I bet you there are friends who would be with you in your death, who might actually lay down their life for you. But the point really is, Jesus calls his disciples and you and I friends. Have you ever really thought about that? Have you ever really thought about the fact that Jesus is your friend? Or God desires a friendship with you? That it's not God up in the sky and get you get on your hands and knees and and do a combination lock and God answers your prayer. It's not a gimme, gimme relationship like us with Santa Claus, but actually God wants to be in relationship with you, walking side by side with you and I as friends. It means it's not about what we think about God, but how we choose to be in love with God. That changes everything. To have a friendship with God. The one who knows your warts, 
your good things, your bad things, the things you regret, the things you hope for, the things, the mistakes you've made and the great successes that you've made, the times when you failed, when times when you called out, hi, nigh, here I am, Lord. That is the creator, our deepest and closest friend. And that is the desire of God, to be in friendship with you and I. It means that God is the one who has been there offering stability. You know, that's the, that's the sermon a few weeks ago when I talked about God being our breath, Yahweh. That God is as close to our very breath. It's like at the end of Matthew's gospel where Jesus says, Lo, I will be with you always to the close of the age. That's stability. Positivity. God is the one who is our greatest cheerleader. You've heard me say, I want a stained glass window with Jesus with pom-poms because I believe that Jesus is indeed our greatest cheerleader. And we saw it at Jesus' baptism when he dunks under the water and he comes up out of the water and he hears the word, you are my beloved child in whom I am well pleased. Those are God's words to you or I, whether we're baptized or not. You are my beloved child in whom I am well pleased. When we hear that with our head and our heart, and we trust that we're being cheered on by God, we will do well in this world. And finally, cooperative. God is cooperative. He says, do unto others as I would have, you would have them do unto you. It's like, you do this, you do that. Cooperation. So you see, God's relationship with us is about stability and positivity and cooperation. I think that's pretty, pretty sweet. You may not get it, but maybe you will one moment. And perhaps in the reset we're in right now, we're invited to consider the friendships that have been important, to thank the people who've been important, and to consider to deepen our friendship with God. Two quick stories. There was a series, you know, when this church began, there wasn't a lot of people around at the beginning, and I began to do a spiritual nurture evening called Living the Questions. And we looked at very basic questions like, who is God? Who is Jesus? And I remember the one on who is Jesus, and it was an interview with various theologians, and one happened to be James Forbes, a preacher at Riverside Church in New York. And the question was, who is Jesus for you? Now, you got to get this. Here's a scholar. He's got a big brain and written many books. And the question is, who is Jesus? And he began his answer by saying this. I got to tell you, Jesus, first of all, is my friend. Jesus is my friend. And then he went on to explain the theology and doctrine of how he came to know that. But ultimately, at the end of his answer, he said, and I end with the same phrase, Jesus is my friend. You see, our relationship with Jesus and our relationship needs to be that kind of intimate, that kind of stability, that kind of positivity, that kind of cooperation where we truly can say, God made known in Jesus is my closest friend, never to fail or forsake us. And you know, as I was writing this sermon, I got a text from someone saying, I saw this article, you should do a sermon on it sometime. And I typed back immediately, I'm doing it right now. 
And it made me think of my grandmother. I used to visit them in my 20s. They were both in their 80s. And my grandmother had in the living room an old pump organ. You got to Google that. But it basically, you pump your feet. And as you pump your feet, the air comes into the organ. And she would play. And one of my favorite memories would be my grandfather. Inevitably, as the night came to a close, he would say, Dorothy, play a song for John. And she'd say, oh, no. And then she'd quickly get up and go over and get on the pump organ, and she would play, what a friend we have in Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus is an old song and a tune, but it talks about God knowing our sins and griefs to bear. The stability, the positivity, and the cooperation is in that song, reminding us that we are loved, forgiven, and set free. And our greatest friend, God walks with us in the highs and lows of life, and God loves us no matter what. May you discover that truth this day, and may it be food for your journey and mine. Amen. Thanks so much for tuning in to Hillhurst United Church, the podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode and are thinking about someone who might enjoy it too, we invite you to send it their way and help the podcast grow. We're really glad you're here and we'd love to know what you thought about today's sermon. Leave us a review in iTunes or send us an email at communications at hillhurstunited.com. We'd love to hear from you.